0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. We're in Philippians right now, The series called Overflowing. And we have committed to read each chapter at the beginning of the message. So if you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word. When I finish, I will say, this is the Word of God. And then you guys say, thanks be to God, with lots of gusto. Here we go. Father, we do ask that you would bless the reading of your Word today. Open our eyes that we might see wonderful things in your Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded and having the same love and being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare, for everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself as a son with his father. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him to you soon, that I may uh, as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not only on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him to you, to to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up the help that you could not give me. This is the word of God. God. Amen. Be seated, please. Thanks. All right. So, amen. Amen. Gets a little hard. You read there at the end. I was like running out of help me. There's power in the Word of God, and so we're in this second part of this series. We're calling the series "Overflowing" on Philippians, and really, it's overflowing love is at the heart of what's going on here in this letter. Overflowing love, because remember, you know, we're asking this question: What kind of story is it where this kind of writing makes sense? And it's the story of the gospel. He said, even at the end of the last chapter, live lives that are worthy of the gospel, the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, how he's brought this sacrifice to bring us all into right relationship with God. And so it's this overflowing Niagara of love that's being poured out into our lives that leads to what we talked about last week, overflowing joy. What we're talking about this week, which seems like a bit of an oxymoron or a bit of ironic... To say overflowing humility but here's why you've got to be filled up in order to pour out and humility humility really is a it's a giving it's a it's a thinking about others but in order to think about others and consider others you've got to be filled up with enough of god's love or you'll run out so so overflowing love leads to overflowing joy overflowing humility next week overflowing purpose and finally overflowing peace that's what he's saying here. And if we, as we come to this uh, chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 2, this is a key part in the letter. It's a really key. There's something that's about to happen that's going to show us what this whole letter is about, and, and especially as you know the rest of the context of what's going on. Something is, is not right in Philippi. So Epaphroditus came, he brought a gift, that helped Paul live while he's in prison. Remember, they don't slide food under the under the door. You know, you have to have friends that help you out. And so Paul had the, the, the Philippians sent Epaphroditus, probably had some money, probably didn't come with food, but he came with money so that he could travel and get there, has uh, money for them, and so he's thankful. That's why he's writing the letter. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm filled with joy. I want you to be filled with joy. I, God's touching me right here in the jail cell. I'm praising God that Jesus is being preached left and right, and I'm filled with joy, and I'm responding to your gift. And remember we talked about last week, there's graces that are at work in, as an expression of love. When we love someone, we give, and they receive, and then thanksgiving is offered up. And That's what love really is. That's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Giving, receiving, Thanksgiving giving receiving thanksgiving and so that process is going on as Paul's writing this letter but there's a but there's a there's a problem though and the problem is he he says make my joy complete and when he says that it's like i've got all this joy but something's missing why i don't have full joy complete joy and i want to ask you guys about that that's so this is really like Uh, Paul saying here's the big ask this is what I'm asking from you and that is that you would make my joy complete that's where this goes and in humility that you would consider others you know humility is not just I'm a doormat I'm nothing I don't know who I am in Christ I'm a worm that's not humility humility is actually considering others It's, it's fine to know who you are in Jesus and to be actually really good to know who you are in Jesus, to be happy about it. But then humility is considering others, thinking about others. That's a big deal. It's it's actually, you need the grace of God to actually do that, really. And so, and I want us to see the connection about what humility really does. Humility is a key expression of love for maintaining unity. And that's where Paul's going with this. He wants them to be unified. Epaphroditus has come and he's let them know, hey, there's a problem in the church in Philippi. There's these in, in chapter four, verses one and two, he names them by name. That's where this thing, whole thing is going. And I plead with you, Odia and Syntyche, get along. You guys stop arguing. That's, that's what's going on behind this request. Make my joy complete. So humility is an expression of love for maintaining unity, to hear the other person, to give value to the other person. Humility is a key expression of love for God's presence. Y'all know that, right? We, we bow in the presence of God because we're communicating, Lord, we need You. We love You. We want You. But the proud, God knows from where? A distance. He knows the proud from afar. So we want to be humble, right? Yes. 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 And yeah, we, we want... so. Humility is a key expression of of love for God's presence. Humility is a key expression of love for repentance, for revival, for renewal. You can't walk in those things without bowing your knee to Jesus. You're not going to repent if you're not going to humble yourself. You're not going to see revival if you're not going to humble yourself. I mean, it's probably been 15 years ago. I preached a message called Humility and uh, Nuclear Physics or something like that. I know that sounds weird, but but here, here was the thought. The thought was that, that humility, it sets off chain reactions of the love of God and God's presence. When people come low and take the low road, it's like it sets off a chain reaction of revival. You can't have revival. You can't have renewal without humility. Humility is a key expression of, of love for prayer and patience and perseverance and most of all, Humility is a key expression of love for becoming like Jesus Christ. Who's the most humble person who ever lived? It's Jesus. And I'll I'll say more about that in just a second. But that's that's huge. So we want to we want to be in on this overflowing humility. And this is the way it happens. And this is what God wants to happen. Main thing. God's calling us to overflowing love that is expressed in humility and results in unity. So I'll say it again, you guys are looking at me funny. God is calling us to overflowing love that is expressed in humility. So I'm filled up with God's love. I'm expressing it in humility, where I'm concerned about others and their interests, and that results in unity. And that's what Paul wants to see happen. So here we go. I've got some handles for humility, and with uh, on Thursday I almost I almost called this love handles for humility. And I chose not to put it in there, but I said it just now. So <laughs> it's kind of goofy. So handles, not love handles. Um, handles, but it could be that be a good play on words. That's what I was thinking. Was love handles. Moving on. So handles for humility. The first one is this: remember the blessings. So is uh, is Yancey Smith in this service? Anybody? Yancey. So, you know, one of the cool things about having a, uh, a Bible translator for a really good friend and former elder here in the church, and, um, is that he gives me in, I called him up, I said, hey, what do you think about this chapter? And he said, well, you know, really, it's not if, it's since. And when you think about the context, that's, that is what he's saying. He's like, live a life worthy of the gospel. And if, is it if? Do you, do you have encouragement from being united with Christ? Or is it sense? It's really sense. That's what he's, tra- he's trying to make a, an argument here. Not an argument like contested, but a, he's making a case for for since you have encouragement from being united, and since you have comfort from His love, and you have fellowship with the Spirit, and you have tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. And this is what this joy is going to look like. This joy is going to look like being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, not doing things out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, but in humility, considering others better than yourselves. And it helps us, you know, when we really start to understand this story better, then this encouragement to make the joy complete, to finish out that loop of giving, receiving and thanksgiving going up to God. That's what Paul wants to happen. And he wants them to be unified. There's something happening there that's hindering their unity in the church. And all of these things, they sound good, right? You remember the blessings and now I'm calling you to make my joy complete, live this way. But it's hard to do. These are hard things to do. You can't really, you can't, sometimes I, I just, I go, wow, that's, that's, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others. Now, the deal is, who can actually do this? And if I ask you a difficult theological question, thank you, Jesus. Like, three or four years, you figuring it out. It's Jesus. Only one person can live the Christian life, right? It's Jesus. And so, he's just said, you've been united with him. And you should be encouraged and sharing in that love and walk in those blessings. So let's look at Jesus for just a minute here. Let's, this, I'm preaching Christ. This, is, this section of Scripture is probably one of the, the highest high points of the New Testament. This was a poem and a song that the early church sang. They were already singing it and it was well known by the time Paul writes Philippians. Isn't that powerful? And there's just so much rich richness about God being put on display here. So that another handle for humility, the second one is to look to Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who in very nature, God didn't hold on to that. So the idea there is uh, kenosis is means he emptied himself. That's the Greek word. He poured himself out. And that's a that's a trait of God. God is self-giving, other-centered, love-giving. That's what God's like. That's what the cross that's what we see in this story. And so, but even before the cross, even before the cross of Christ was the incarnation. So, you know, if we're talking about pouring out and Jesus certainly does that at the cross, right? But even before the cross, the incarnation Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, "For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, how rich was he? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor." So think about the you got to think about the richness of God in glory and in love, in perfection from all eternity to then think about and get some kind of a grasp what happened when Jesus stepped into the flesh. And became a man. That's just, that in and of itself is just mind blowing. So we look to Jesus to understand humility that considers others. God so loved us that in humility, Jesus stepped into the flesh. Jesus became one of us, God and man together. By tracking with me. So even before the cross, consider. The surrendered life of Jesus. The daily surrender. So this is humility. To live constantly dependent on the Father. John 5.19, Jesus says, I do nothing of my own initiative. That's humility. I'm constantly connected to the Father. Everybody tracking? That, that's like, wow. That's, that's amazing. To look at the humility of Jesus is also to see the love of and the beauty, and the mutually deferring posture of the Father to the Son, and the Son to the Father, and the fullness of the Spirit—that's what's going on there. It's uh, a lot of the famous icons of the Trinity uh, down through the years have have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all kind of doing this, kind of to the other. So there are three of them, and they're all d- bowing, just just they're bowing their head and deferring. I mean, Jesus said, I mean, he. We think of surrender and dependence as something not good, but it's expressing the authority of God on the earth. Yeah. On. So, you know, so Jesus lives this whole life of surrender, but he's also able to say, All that the Father's given, all that the Father has is mine. And after his resurrection, he stands up and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So it's it's actually wild. This passage, he goes on and talks about the exaltation of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Talk about pulling the Old Testament and the New Testament together in the person of Jesus Christ. It's mind blowing. Isaiah 45, 22 and 23 says, I am God. There is no other. And then he goes on and says, and every knee will bow before me and every tongue confess. And then Paul says, at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I am God and there is no other. Jesus, His Father. And their shared love and anointing and communion in the Holy Spirit. Wow. So handles for humility. Remember the blessings. Look to Jesus. Third one. Work out salvation. Work out salvation. So Paul goes on. Therefore, dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Do everything. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. Here's the practical statement out of all that He says. Therefore, I want you guys to get along. Make my joy complete. Therefore, work out your salvation. And here's my practical next step for you. Do everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ. So I was just meditating on this passage the other day and uh Kim walked in. I was like, oh man, I'm seeing something here. This is incredible. She has to walk in sometimes like that. A lot of times it's just in the morning when she's coming in to say hi. How's it going? And I was like, wait, stand there. You, you can't believe this. And she's like, it's like theology and stuff. And she's like, I just wanted to say hi. But that happened the other day. And, uh, and, uh, and I had this question get in my head. What are the criteria for being pure he says so that you may become blameless pure children of god shining like stars in the universe okay so what are the criteria for doing that for becoming blameless pure shining like stars in the universe you know what what does he say to do don't complain, don't complain. and don't argue so again this is make my joy complete this is where this whole thing goes and, and again, there's a context here. It's about unity. He's, he, that's what he's preaching. That's what he's writing this letter about. But I mean, think about it. Like that's going to be. Don't complain and don't argue. That's going to be the. That's the big throwdown. You know, it's not like live a really prayerful, you know, super spiritual kind of life. You know, then you'll be blameless and pure and children of, you know, God. You know, shining like stars in the universe. No, it's don't argue. And don't complain, and then you're going to shine like a star in the universe. That is incredible. Now I will say again, we need Jesus. Anybody ever tried not complaining for just? Uh, we've been trying to do it since Friday. It is not easy. I'm just going to just say, and you're going to what you. So I, I, I challenge, and I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this one down. I, I double dog dare you. To just see how long you can go, just let's just make an experiment out of it. There's grace, because you, we're all gonna blow it, but but give it a shot. See, just get sensitive to complaining. Just get get sensitive to this. So we're like talking. We we think we're just doing our normal conversation, whatever. We were having dinner, you know, and 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 all of a sudden I'm like, wait, that was I was complaining just then. I wasn't just talking. I was actually complaining about something. And then she's doing the same thing with me. She blah, 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 and we're not like nobody's making faces or anything, but she's like, "Oh, that was I was complaining." At what I'm I'm just saying, give it a shot. Lord help us. Somebody say amen. <laughs> no complaining. I mean, that's the that's 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 his work out your salvation and do this, not complaining. This is Now, part of the problem is we all want things to be better. Who wants things to be better? In your life, your job, your family, your kids, your parents, whatever the the situation is, we, we do want things to be better. But there's a fine line between identifying what is wrong that needs to be better and complaining about that wrong thing. So, you know, it's just and it's like, Lord, help us to walk this walk, help us to do this with grace, giving grace, receiving grace, offering up thanks to you for helping us walk this thing out. It's a big deal. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And even when we identify things that need to be better, we want to do that in a way that uh, that honors the Lord. Can I just say that Fort Worth doesn't need any more cranky Christians? Just breaks, clutch in on cranky Christians. And uh, yeah, this uh, sometimes I think sermons are amen sermons, you know, and, but cranky Christians and humility, maybe it's hard. But, uh, but think about, okay, social media. Internet. How hard is it to use those platforms and not complain or argue? And I mean, that would just be like, wouldn't that be awesome? What if we just said and just did an experiment? You're free, there's grace, but if we did an experiment like, I'm not going to do complaining or arguing on social media. I mean, the world just got better. Fort Worth just got better. We're bringing. Heaven more to our relationships, life, and the world when we don't complain or argue. Which, by the way, was the thing that kept the Israelites out in the desert for a long time, not going into the Promised Land. So it's like, Lord, help us, Lord, Lord, help us, Lord, help me, and and we're we're in. It just and we graciously, you know, you don't like, you know, pile drive somebody, you know. When they complain, you catch yourself. We're holding each other. We're helping each other out. Accountability. It was like a wrestling thing. I was thinking like jumping off the, you know, you you don't do that to people when they complain. The last piece. So handles for for humility is learn from others. Learn from others. So part of the way Paul is helping them is, is through his example. He's like, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. You guys are arguing, there's faction in the church, you're not getting along, and I'm rejoicing in prison. Could you, could you learn something from I'm rejoicing, and I want you to rejoice with me. I want you to know this love, this overflowing humility, purpose, passion, peace, all of these things. Paul's like, I'm being poured out, and I want you to rejoice with me and to get in on this. So that's his example. He gives the example of Jesus Jesus is the ultimate example of self-giving love, others-centered humility. He steps out of heaven and lives a dependent life and dies on the cross for us because he cares in humility about us. Timothy, another example. Timothy, Paul says, I have no one else like him because what he does is is consider the interests of others. That's an example of humility that he's calling the church to walk in there. Epaphroditus, he's my fellow worker, fellow soldier, he's your messenger. And that's how, Epaphroditus is how Paul finds out about what's going on there. He's the messenger who comes. He's how the, that Paul knows there's a problem back in Philippi. And so he says, this brother Almost laid down his life for Jesus in doing the mission that you gave him, bringing the gift. So honor him. Rejoice when he comes back. And his heart is for you. His heart is that you would love one another, that you would get along. There would be unity in the church there, that the church would come back together. So love, just to kind of wrap these up, overflowing love really does express itself in humility. So overflowing love expresses humility. Itself in concern for other people. And that results, if we do more of that. It's like that nuclear bomb thing. Humility releases love. It's like that whole giving, receiving, offering thanksgiving. And make, here's the big ask make my joy complete. I'm filled with joy, but there's a piece of my joy that's not complete because I want you guys to get along, to love each other, to care about each other, to serve one another in love. Redeemed and reconciled relationships are at the heart of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Redeemed and reconciled relationships are at the heart of what the gospel is all about. It's about it's about relationship, about getting right with God and getting right with others. That's that's the deal. That's the, that's just the heart of this. And we're called to live in a way that works that salvation out. We're called to receive it, but also to live it, you know, and and we're to do that in a way that looks forward to the day of Christ. He's like, you're part of my reward. I want us to do this with joy as we look forward to that day. Here's the big word for the day. Two big words for the day. Inaugurated eschatology. God's like, whoa, you know what that means? It means we're looking to the day of Jesus. We're looking to how things are going to be and we're inaugurating that right now in the way we live. We're like walking, talking time machines. Like the future is breaking in through us and through God's people in this place. The way the kingdom, the way heaven is, that kind of love and life and grace, purpose, power, so good. And in all of our key relationships, we need this. I wonder, I was thinking to myself, If Paul was writing this letter to us, or if he was just writing to my brothers and sisters in Fort Worth at Antioch, what would would make Paul's joy complete about us? What's what's missing? What, What do we need to walk in humility about? You know, and this touches, can I just say, there's not one of us that this this kind of message doesn't touch. We're all in on this. I'm in on I need prayer. We all need prayer. We need help. We need grace. We need to be grace givers. And there's such a temptation. Like, what's in behind complaining a lot of times? it's the, It's the fall. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's me making my little sitting on the throne judgments about this, that, and the other. This ought to be this way. This ought to be that way. If I was in charge, I'd run the universe a little bit different. And we need grace. Maybe just all of us. Can I just, just a little small, little wave? Thank you. We need grace. I'll heard this. I'll finish with this. I heard this great story about one of the desert fathers. Early centuries of the church or early uh, in, in, in Egypt, they had a lot of the these really intense guys would go out and live in the desert and just seek Jesus all the time and one of those guys named his name was Abba Moses kind of Father Moses Father Moses Abba Moses and in the church there in whatever part of Egypt he was in he'd he'd been a like a, a bandit out in the desert and then got saved met Jesus and his life was radically changed you know and so there was this time when the church was gathered, somebody had messed up, Some, I forget the guy's name, had made a mistake, and so the church was going to get together to figure out what to do about this guy. And they asked Abba Moses to come in from the desert and to, to meet with him. He said, I'm not coming. And the priest sent another word to him, said, I'm asking you to come. And so he finally comes and he grabs a jug of water that's got holes in it. Got some little leaks in it, and he walks into town with this leaking water jug, and they said, "Abba Moses, what, what is that? What, why are you, why are you carrying a leaking water jug?" And this is his quote: "My sins run out behind me, and I cannot even see them, and yet here I am to sit in judgment on the mistakes of someone else." And when they heard this, they called off the meeting. You know, and that's us. You know, I've got I've got sins I don't even know about running out, leaking out of just they're back there behind me somewhere. And I'm not because of that, I'm not a good person to sit in judgment on someone else. And so, again, this is so core to our basic faith is that God wants us to trust in him for all things, his judgment, his life, his love and give that away where He's in charge, where He's the Lord. And we bow our knee and say, Jesus Christ, You are the Lord to the glory of God the Father. We need grace, don't we? Just need... just Man, I just... Lord, I need Your grace so much today. And Lord, all that You're wanting to do to make us the beautiful bride that You're calling us to become, would You just release that grace in and through us? Would You help us to... Know that we've got encouragement and being united in Christ, tenderness and compassion and fellowship with the Spirit. And Lord, we want to live this life out, the humility that you're calling us to live in Jesus name. Amen. So here we go. Stand up if you would. Worship team, come on up and we're just going to respond to the Lord. This is one of those, again, uh, messages where there's something for everybody. And I'll start with this as the ministry team's coming up. And if you're visiting with us, we do this every Sunday, just people come up and get prayer. And I want to start with just if if you have not really like in your just in your heart, really bowed your knee to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, you're the Lord to the glory of God, the Father. There's going to be a time when everybody's going to do that. But go ahead and do it now. You know, he's every knee in heaven on earth under the earth but don't be forced do it with love do it as a response of love jesus christ is lord so just father would you meet us here today if anyone needs you just i I pray that that would happen in jesus name and here's the other thing if you there's some you know we all need no complaining let's say but if there's something that specifically the Lord's speaking to you about and you want to get prayer, come get prayer about that. And if you're really going through something where you need prayer or a breakthrough, please don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. And if the front fills up, then get somebody to pray for you that you came with. God answers prayer. He's powerful in that. And He changes things through prayer. And who knows? Today may be the day that you move forward in, 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 in to a place of breakthrough. So, whatever your need is, come. In Jesus name.